I'm here at the Casual Connect in Seattle, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? My name is Jeff Barr, and I'm the Amazon Web Services Evangelist. Okay. So what is Amazon Web Services about, and I mean, how would game developers even use it? So um, AWS is a set of services that we would think of as infrastructure-level services. So things like processing, storage, networking, messaging, uh, databases, content distribution and stuff, uh, each with uh, an individual service name, each with a, a discrete business model and pricing model that developers can basically opt into various services and use those, it, you, it, pick and choose any set that they'd like to build their, their games and their applications. Okay. So some of these services might be storage some or um, just computational power or um, content hosting, stuff like that, like CDN. Exactly right. So, for example, we have EC2, the Elastic Compute Cloud for processing. We have S3 for storage, which is coupled in with CloudFront for content distribution. SimpleDB and the Relational Database Service for both the, the NoSQL style of data storage and then RDS for the Relational style of database storage. So how would a game developer um, go about using your service if they wanted to host their whole game on your system? So a lot of developers already do host their games on AWS, and there's a couple different ways they might go about it. Perhaps they're running on a, a different kind of a hosting environment, and then they can generally pick it up and just move it more or less unchanged. Where You can run standard Linux applications and Windows applications on the cloud essentially unchanged. Now you can start to adopt a, a slightly different architectural model, and you can start to build very scalable applications in the cloud, where you take advantage of things like an automatic scaling service that measures the load on your servers, and then will add additional servers or remove servers to your, your mix based on actual load or a load balance service that will evenly distribute traffic across the array of, of uh, automatically scaled servers. Okay. So one of the um, interesting things I want to point out is that in your business model, it's not a month-to-month -month thing. It's an hourly rate that people can charge. Can you talk about that a little bit? Right. So, so that, I think this is a really important aspect of the cloud, is the model that we call pay-as-you-go. So it's, I think a good analogy would be the utility-based pricing that you probably pay for your, your cell phone or the utilities in your house or your apartment. So after you create your account and you attach your credit card, you make requests for use of the various services to the cloud. When you make those requests, you include an identifier so we know which account to charge uh, sure. for that usage. And then at, at any given point, you have to use, let's say, an hour of CPU time or a gigabyte of storage or bandwidth, you can always log into your account, you enter in your password, and you can then go to our portal page and you can see line by line an itemized statement of exactly how much of each service that you've used. And so if, uh, if developers have a spike in traffic and stuff, it's easy for them to just generate or launch new instances um, on demand. That's right. And so I, to me, one of the really good advantages of the cloud for, for gaming is that you can you, you build your application in a very scalable way, and then regardless of the amount of traffic, you're, you're only paying for the amount of infrastructure that you actually need. And so if, if you have, in the beginning, when you only have a few users, you're maybe just using one very, very modest sized server and only paying a few cents per hour for that, that server. Uh, when, when you get uh, very popular and you have thousands or tens of thousands or even tens of millions of users, which some of our, our uh, our customers do, you, you can scale up and you, you can scale from, from almost nothing up into quite a bit in, in a matter of just a, a few minutes. And what have been some of the um, surprise cases that you've seen game developer, game companies use 
uh, your cloud services for? So the, the obvious one is really to, to host the game, and that could range all the way from the, the simplest case where they're perhaps just hosting the static content, maybe the, the various assets and, and graphics. If it's a downloadable game, they could host the actual bits of the game it, itself in the cloud. And then for a game with a server-side component like most of the social games do, they would, they would run, run the, um, the, the game in the cloud. But then the next step past that is when developers start to instrument their games and they start to measure various kinds of metrics and they want to actually understand in great detail the characteristics and behavior and performance of the user. So they, they instrument the game, they start storing a lot of behavioral and performance data in the cloud, and then they can also use the cloud as an analytic tool. So they, they can process vast amounts of, of data and, and get a really good understanding on a, on a dynamic basis of who are the users and, and what are they doing, and use that to make informed decisions about where they need to go next. Um, this analytic data, is it usually stored then in their own relational database, or will they use something like SimpleDB or RDS? Uh, so, I, to me, one of the great benefits of our model is that developers have a lot of choice. We, we don't lock them into any of the above. If, they, if they're going with a new application, they can store that in SimpleDB, and they don't have to go put in a lot of upfront work with designing schemas or tables or anything like that. You simply store data into SimpleDB and it will adapt to the shape of the data. If they already have an existing relational model for storing metrics, they can use RDS, and RDS is a hosted version of MySQL that handles all the kind of the dirty work behind the scenes. And so a lot of what they've already done is going to be very, very applicable. Okay. So SimpleDB and RDS are kind of like database as a service. SimpleDB is more of a schemaless DB, a database, and then RDS is more of like a MySQL, hosted MySQL. That's right. And so if you've ever had to run a relational database on your own, you know that there's a lot of dirty work behind the scenes, all the way from finding your hardware and installing and configuring your operating system in your database to making sure you have enough space to arranging for backups and doing backups and recoveries to, to dealing with, with failures and failure recovery and so forth. And RDS takes all that dirty work and just packages up into a nice point-and-click style database as a service. Uh, does RDS also handle scaling? Or is that something that needs to be built on top of RDS? Um, it actually does handle that, and it handles two different dimensions. So the, the first dimension is that you can choose from any one of five different instant sizes. There are basically different amounts of CPU power to run your database. So that's the computational power side of RDS, and it also handles storage scaling. So when you create your first RDS instance, you can create them as small as five gigabytes of storage, and you can go up to one terabyte of storage. If at any point you, you, you're getting close to the allocated capacity, you can go to the console, you can enter in a new value, and while that database is running, it will dynamically add additional storage to that database instance. Um, now, what's also interesting about AWS is that there's an ecosystem around um, all of your services. Can you just talk about what are some of the possibilities and things, um, third-party services that actually can help someone who's using AWS? Sure. So we've really focused on building the services themselves and making them very, very, um, I'd think of them as horizontal-style services, where they're very, very widely applicable to a, a number of different use cases. So there's, we have a large number of different partner companies that have built advanced management tools layering on top of our, of our own services, um, advanced ways to set up your cloud, to measure performance, to configure it, to control it, to have good insights into how it's working. And uh, There's actually so many partners there that I wouldn't want to slight any one of them by mentioning, because if I, if I mention one name, I'll have to just omit so many others. But we, we have a great partner ecosystem. Sure. And is there anything else, then, that would be relevant for uh, game developers who are looking to 
into AWS are looking to set up their own system in the cloud? I think that if you think of the cloud as a as your resource provider, it really lets you focus on the unique aspects of what you want to contribute. So instead of having to worry about data centers and colos and hosting and power and cooling and bandwidth and servers, all that messy stuff which we often call the muck, you can really focus on the fun part. You can say, I want to imagine a really, really cool game. I want to build it. I want to put it out there. I want to fine-tune the game and fine-tune the business model. And then count on the cloud to be your infrastructure supplier. and kind of take it for granted like the the, the everything that we do is is really really interesting to me and you know, really really cool and really powerful but you kind of want it to fade into the background and let the developer focus more on the application and let them succeed and just kind of take for granted that the cloud's going to be there to help them out in the ways that they need to yeah. um, when the when the cloud the cloud paradigm kind of started going uh, people were concerned about reliability um, is that a concern now um, and what are the issues and what are things that developers need to keep in mind when they're using cloud services? So I think it is important to point out that the the infrastructure that we're offering here is the, the same architecture that we use to run our own retail site, which has had extremely good reliability, extremely good performance. We give uh, service level agreements or SLAs on the major components in the cloud, and we also give a number of, um, there, there are services that themselves let developers build um, very fault-tolerant applications that either have built-in replication or easy failover or the ability to start EC2 instances in, in more than one zone or even multiple regions around the globe to make sure that if there's a, a temporary issue in any one location, you can automatically route traffic to, to another location. And where can developers get started in just signing up for the service or using it? So we make this as easy to start as possible, and you can go to aws.amazon.com. You can create your account. You can log in. You can download documentation, get your developer tokens, and you, you can get started right away. Great. Thank you very much.